Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast, where we talk to inspirational business leaders in our community that inspire us to lead a life full of wisdom and build a business as worthy of our wildest dreams. I'm your host, Leo Chen. I'm a tech entrepreneur, real estate advisor, and investor located right here in sunny coastal Orange County, California. And the goal of this podcast is to expand your mind and share what's possible. All right, uh, we are live. Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Wisdom Club podcast. And um, I am uh, super excited today to have Ashley McDougall uh, on with us today from all the way from Suffolk, Virginia. And um, I'm excited to uh, speak with her. She is a veteran in the real estate industry, uh, runs a team out there. And I'm, I'm, I'm just excited to have her, you know, share with you what's going on with her out there. Um, bunch of stuff about her life and experience and what inspires her. And um, let's get started. Sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You're welcome. This has been a, a bit of a, a long time coming. Uh, we've known each other for what? How long have you been been our group? What a year? Almost, Almost? close to a year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. About eight months or so. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, uh, can you just uh, give us a quick rundown of um, just all about you, where you're from? I mean, aside from the location exactly and kind of what you're all about. Yeah. So my name is Ashley McDougall. I am born and raised in Norfolk, Virginia, um, which happens to be about 30 minutes away from where I practice real estate. So I do practice where I was born and raised sometimes. Um, I currently live in Suffolk, the land of peanuts. Um, we actually are the people that made planers peanuts. Um, so, and then right down the road, we have Smithfield food packing. So we have a lot of industry in our area. Uh, we have tons of military. We're very well known for our Navy um, population. And we also have all the other branches here, Coast Guard, Army, and everything. So um, to be a realtor, this is a great market to be a realtor in because while you hear a lot of things happening across the country, it typically never is happening in our market because we have so many have-to moves. So um, I can sell you a farm. And I can sell you an oceanfront house all in the same day. So it's kind of exciting. Wow. Um, I, I, love, I love some of these things because um, every, uh, every part of the country uh, needs an industry to, uh, to sustain everything regarding jobs and the economy. And these industries that you guys have sounds like they've been around a really long time. And so they can really sustain the people and have really good economy and, and you know, in turn have really good, uh, good living out there and mm-hmm. the military i mean it speaks to my heart we have a big military out here southern california uh, we closed down a, a marine base here in orange county about 20 years ago but there's still a ton of uh, military bases just south of us in san diego and all that stuff so we do get quite a bit of uh, military and we just love them because uh, they're all just all about servicing and and helping and taking mm-hmm. care of our country so i love that um so uh and the other thing is, um, I keep telling myself, especially in this current market, and we'll talk a little more about that. Is is like, who are my have to move people, and who are I yeah. have to, you know, have to have to have to? Because you know, with the interest rates and with the way things are, the people that don't have to, they're literally just completely turned off, like they don't For even sure. want to think. For sure, yeah. 
And we have a lot of have to moves. I mean, we certainly have want to moves as well. Um, but we, and we're getting ready to come up on our biggest time of the year, the PCS um, time of the year, which is July, where a lot of people are moving. So we're starting to see the influx of potential buyers coming to market. We're starting to see a lot of military people getting orders. Um, so just my neighbor across the street yesterday got orders to Italy. So, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm first one in their inbox. Hey, if you need help with real estate. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so those that's starting to happen right now. So with most markets in this in the country, they're seeing kind of a downfall. And I won't even say a downfall because I really believe it was seasonal. It just happened to fall in the same season of another a lot of weird stuff. Um, we really didn't see much of a, a slowdown. We we stayed pretty busy, um, which was a blessing. Um, and it always we always find ourselves a little bit different than the rest of the country, which is nice. That's good. Yeah, that's one of the things that people forget to talk about is that, hey, is this normal or is this like a really abnormal downturn? And, you know, as as the year started to uh, progress, you know, as we went into the slower part of the you know, half of the year, it normally, you know, goes down. And but then just so happens that some of the news and some of the interest rates started to catch up with everyone and then mm -hmm. really slow down. But, uh, you know, that a lot of that is normal and then a lot of that is because of the interest rates uh, but now we're in the new year and uh, the half twos are definitely out you know mm -hmm. and uh, we're we're happily serving all of them uh but uh that's what's going on you know in the market a little bit but uh you were born and raised in the i was so i was born in norfolk um and i went to school all the way up to uh, high school in norfolk uh, loved it, grew up, married my high school sweetheart. So we met in the 10th grade. Um, we are still married. <laughs> I guess I should preface that we are still married. <laughs> um, we have two boys. I have one that is 20. Um, he'll actually be 20 next week. He is a sophomore at Roanoke College. He wrestles for them. And then I have a freshman in high school who is 15. Um, and obviously he's still in the house. Um, and he is just a fun little one. I do believe God was like, you want another kid? I'm going to give you another one. And just kind of gave me the one. So um, he's he's the one that challenges me um, in most cases. But we have a good time. And it's I love being a boy mom. Um, most of my early years as my childhood um, was wonderful. I lived with my grandparents. Um, growing up, my mom was a single mom. And um, she got remarried when I was in the fifth grade. And through that, um, my stepdad was not very kind. He was extremely emotionally abusive and physically abusive. Um, so she actually divorced him. And we moved back to the town, to Norfolk, um, to the area that my grandparents lived in. And I found out that my mom was on drugs. So at 17 years old, I graduated high school. And I started working three jobs and going to college full time um, to pay the bills because my mom had moved in with the person that she was getting the drugs from. So she left me in the house alone um, and I had to figure it out. So I lived off my grandmother's front porch. She would leave her leftovers on the front porch and that's the food that I would eat because um, I just didn't have money for food. 
So having that childhood and that upbringing puts a real fire in the belly to never want to go back and to help others around you and bring them along for the journey of success. Um, I never, ever want to ever go back to that season of life. Um, it was kind of funny. We were on a call the other day and somebody said they, they loved ramen. And I literally, I lived off of SpaghettiOs and powdered mashed potatoes for like three years. So um, I, I know what that means. And, and I never, while it was not the best season of my life, it was also the best season of my life. Because if it weren't for that time of my life, I don't think I would have the fire in the belly and the grit that I do now um, to knock one more door or to write one more letter or to call one more client. Um, you know, having that grit and, and having that experience of knowing what rock bottom feels like, you will always stay um, your head up and, and keep going and pushing forward. Yeah. And as I was thinking, um, I appreciate that vulnerability and be able to share that with people because there are a lot of people out there that are having a hard time or are getting into the point where they're having a hard time, especially with the, what's going on, you know, with the bank collapse and things like that. You just know, never know who is going to get, you know, hit really hard on that. And, right. and what I heard was from you was not necessarily, you know, a survival thing, but, but more of that there is a resilience and the toughness that comes out of that and knowing that, hey, it would never get any worse than this and uh so therefore there's a confidence you know on top of that to say hey i'm going to do well and knowing knowing this contrast um i i actually feel for some people who have never had that contrast they have had had a good their whole <laughs> life and not know what rock bottom is when they hit it it's extremely difficult for them to handle um yeah. so so i can uh just knowing you a bit uh i can see that you know in you just uh, just a very you know, a go-getter um, for uh, any other reason, for, for no other reason other than just like, hey, this is what we do uh, because we are in the business of helping people. We're in the <laughs> business of getting the best we can for them. And like you said, with the military, you know, coming in or out or things like that, we just want them to be taken care of. That's exactly right. And, you know, servanthood leadership is so important. Um, you want to serve your clients, but also I'm a team leader. So I serve my agents and my staffs. And so I always walk into every day of how can I make their life better? How can I make the journey of being a real estate agent better for them? Um, how can I enrich their life with something that maybe they didn't have before that if I gave it to them today, it would completely change their entire career? Um, because when I first came into the industry, I had, I had been a loan officer for 13 years before I became a real estate agent. And, you know, I knew, I knew mortgages and I knew what had to happen. I knew all of that stuff. Um, but I didn't know how to knock doors. I didn't knock doors as a loan officer. I didn't know how to, you know, do the things like negotiate and stuff like that. I didn't have to do that, but I didn't have anyone to help me or to teach me either. So as a woman with no parental, um, like I had no mother, I had no, my dad was in jail at the time. Um, so I had to find a tribe of women who I liked a little bit of this person, a little bit of that person. And I would take little pieces of all of these women in my life to create the sum of them is me.
So I truly found a tribe of people who I wanted to be like, and I just modeled the things that they did. Um, and that's really, truly who I am today. Um, just because I don't, I don't have family. I'm an only child. Um, so it's truly just me. Um, so for me going through that situation, relationship is so important and priceless. And when you find good people in your life, whether it be a leader or a mentor or a friend, um, you have to hold on tight to them. Um, because like I said, I don't, I don't, all I have is my husband and my kids and my friends. And so, um, I think it goes without saying having a tribe around you, especially when it gets tough, like what people are going through right now and really getting, um, just feeling down, you know, your numbers are down, uh, maybe your bank account's down because your numbers have been down and you really don't know what direction to look at. The very worst thing to do is to stall. You need to find somebody to reach out to that can help, you know, give you, encouraging you, um, help you with some pliable to-dos, that kind of thing. Um, it's a, you know, there's so, there's so much there. And I, I want to kind of, you know, reiterate a little bit here because um, how, how long, how long have you been in the business? So I, I was licensed for real estate in 2013, but I started, or 2015, but I started mortgages in 2003. 2003. So uh, combined between the two, we're looking at, you know, 20 years. Um, I have not spent that many years, you know, in the industry, but coming in uh, to the industry from tech where things were more structured, you know, mm. when, when you're working in an agency, there's a structure in the agency. But going into real estate, there was no structure. Like you had to find your structure. Like everybody has to go through this ringer of like, what are you going to do? Because one agent does their things so much different than another. And who should you follow? Who should you listen to? And what works for you? What doesn't work for you? And I just love what you said because a lot of, um, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody come into the business knowing how to door knock. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, how to talk to a stranger on the phone, you know, right. and how to figure out like, hey, what path do we take? And if you happen to be on just slightly uh, on the on the shyer side, like that's even like, you know, exponentially, you know, harder. So um, I think people coming on the team is uh, especially important for people to actually do come on a team when they start out because they get to learn that stuff. Um, right. And the people that don't like it takes many years to kind of find their way and to kind of see how, how things are done. Um, and so I appreciate all team uh, team uh, leaders like you uh, to take on that task because it's not an easy task, you know, uh, and people have their own, you know, uh, faults and learning curve as well. So we have to have mm -hmm. a lot of patience for that. So um, so that's awesome. Um, I'd love to go back in time a little more. Um, and kind of how did you get into uh, being a being in real estate and a loan officer? And then kind of how did that kind of transition to where you are today? Because you are a successful team leader. You are, you know, teaching and learning and uh, teaching all the uh, team members as well as being out there for anybody else who was trying to learn as well. But that didn't come with no cost. I mean, this last 20 years, you know, there had to be you know, a journey for you. So can you walk us through that? I'm, I mean, not everybody really fall into being a loan officer. Sometimes they do, uh, right. but, but most often, you know, uh, people are like, well, what is attracted to me about, you know, 
selling loans and, you know, getting people their loans so they can go buy whatever they want to buy? Yeah, that's a great question. And oddly enough, um, my mom was a real estate agent growing up. So when I was a kid, I remember being, I don't know, maybe eight and just begging at that time, the contracts were on carbon paper. So you had to pull them apart and then you had to fax them. They were six pages, maybe, but they you really did have to pull them apart and type them on a typewriter. So I would beg my mom, please let me pull them apart. I just want to pull them apart. I just wanted to pull them apart and put them in the fax machine. So I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, and I remember going to show houses with her. I remember um, a couple of times some like horror stories of like being in the car and some things she had to call the police one time. It was just crazy. So early in my life, I was like, I never want to do what she does. She's stressed. There's all this weird things that happen. You have to call the police every once in a while. So when I was in college in radiology school, believe it or not, um, I was a part-time team assistant for her team. And all I did was organize the termite inspections, make sure the title company had the documents, did all the things an assistant would do. And our loan officer, who was the, like, um, the team loan officer or whatever, he told me one day, he said, you know, I really think you're too smart for this. You should be a loan officer. And I was like, no way. You throw your phone twice a week in this office because you're so mad. There is no way I want a life like that. He said, and I mean, I'm 19 years old, so I'm super, super young. And he's like, I'll pay you $20 an hour. Well, at that time, $20 an hour, like that's a lot. And still today, I feel like that's a lot, but it's a lot more common. So I'm like, okay, I'll try it out for $20 an hour. So I started as a setup girl um, at a local mortgage company. It was a correspondent lender. And then quickly moved up to processing and then quickly moved up to originating. So that's how it all started. And I always jokingly say it's like quicksand because you can't get out. Once you're in the real estate industry, it's really hard to get out because it becomes something that you're passionate about and it becomes almost a part of who you are. So um, I left that mortgage company, went to a few other ones, got sold out. You know how the whole mortgage world goes. They buy out each other and all this. And then I went to Wells Fargo at the very end, and I knew that was the last of my mortgage life. Um, I was exhausted. I had gotten up to be a manager. I ran a joint venture. Um, it just got exhausting. So I decided to come over to real estate. I went to an open house with one of my agents. I No one came. Go figure. I asked all the hard questions that was always one of those I think they get paid 3%, but I'm not really sure who pays their taxes. I asked all those questions, got in my car, called my husband and said, hey, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to start real estate school on Tuesday. But this weekend, I'm actually going to go and I'm going to go to fly to Texas to visit a friend before I start. And he's like, okay. So I did. And I never looked back. But What's funny is the mortgage company that I was with at the time told me I was never going to do well in real estate and that they would give me a $20,000 bonus just to stay. And I declined it. Never told my husband until like two years ago that I declined it. Um, but I'm so glad I did because I have grown in ways that not just as a real estate person or not just as a, a person that knows how to write a contract. 
I have grown as a person and it's because of the mentors that I've put in my life and the people that I surround myself with that have spoke into areas that they don't even know that they've spoken into, uh, but just them being them in my world and in my circle have helped me sharpen so many places of my life that really needed to be, you know, sharpened and refined. Yeah. And aside from uh, the difference between working, you know, for a bank, working for someone uh, versus kind of working for yourself, you know, in real estate, aside from that contrast, what, what was it that caused you to make that leap? Of course, you were in the, the loan uh, business for a long time and it may have been the situation, but there was something that must have must have sparked something, you know, whether it's at the open house or whatever that made you made that, you know, drastic shift and say, hey, this is what I need to do. Like what what uh, really, you know, went off for you? So I had a moment, an aha moment, and I thought to myself and most people who are listening that are mortgage lenders are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. But when you are trying to get a real estate agent's business you almost feel like you're courting them, like you're having to date them and stay on top of them and do all of that. Well, I, it's exhausting, especially when you're married. So I'm courting all these other people and I'm going, it's just a lot. It's just a lot. So I had a moment, I remember driving in the car thinking, there are so many more people that own houses that I would rather do business with than there are realtors. Why don't I just become a realtor and I get to work directly with the people versus the people that I'm sitting here courting and trying to get them to send me a deal here and there and that kind of stuff. And so that was the moment it clicked. And I was like, I can do this. I, I totally can do this. So it was more of the idea that I had a bigger audience and a bigger pool of people to come business to get if I were a realtor versus if I were a loan officer where I could really only get really, you know, a few realtors because you have to handle them with kitty gloves and make sure they don't feel like they're on the back burner. And so my capacity was a lot bigger as a realtor versus a loan officer. And and you were talking about like you didn't know what the commission or this or that, you know, around real estate, but you had the knowledge of uh, the loan world. Like mm -hmm. anybody who comes like, okay, you literally see someone and as they talk, you're like, the numbers are adding up to like, yes. okay, this is what you can afford and this is what you can qualify for. And, you know, all of the kind of stuff that that's the experience that a lot of um, agents don't have if they never been in that position before. So I think it's super, super valuable. So like, so then you can know like, oh, this person is ready to buy or ready to do something or this person is not and how to kind of do all those things. You you find that, that that was an advantage for you? Oh, immensely. And I've actually taught trigger words to my team. So when you're at a buyer consultation and there are certain trigger words that if they say this, then you need to ask more. You need to go in some deeper questions. Um, if they, you know, are paying a $2,000 car payment and they're making $40,000, there's an issue. Like, you know, so, and that's a drastic one, but I'm just saying, like, honestly, there are trigger questions to ask. Like, when's the most recent time you bought a, when's the most recent you bought a car? And if they say last week, it's like, okay, now let's, let's scooch them back, you know? Um, so there's things that you can ask that you can not pre-approve them, but you can see if they're, if they're ready and if today is the day. So then you can call your loan officer partner and say, listen, this person is definitely ready. 
or if not, hey, don't rush to call this person back. I don't feel like they're ready, but they could be, you know, not now business, but maybe six months from now. Yeah, I, I think that's just really important because a lot of times we end up spinning our wheels with people who just simply aren't ready. And sometimes they get annoyed, like, hey, I'm not ready because, you know, this, ha this has to happen, that has to happen. But, uh, you know, to speak on the part regarding the, uh, the pool of possible clients, you know, for you, like, for example, we have probably in our county, you know, 20,000 real estate agents and, you know, probably 80% you know, are not super active and they just part-time, they're running their family and it just so happens to have a license. Um, and, right. you know, of the 20%, maybe uh, not all of them are, uh, you know, doing deals all the time and maybe like top 5% are like doing everything, you know, so, mm -hmm. but we have 120,000 people, uh, you know, just in our city, right? And then, mm -hmm. so there's just a lot more people to be able to serve. And I can re really do feel for um, all the, loan officers, loan sales reps and stuff like that because they do have to chase these uh, real estate agents for business and stand out and stand in front of them. And um, I'm always trying to be as kind as I can to them and always, you know, give them an opportunity if it seems like a fit. So um, so we, we understand that. But um, so tell what's what's going on now, you know, let's just say uh, how is COVID, you know, has changed your current business and how has it not changed your current business and has your team you know grown or have kind of uh you know uh uh you, or are you kind of stable kind of where you are so great, great question. question so we during covid we took the time to really evaluate where are time vampires in our lives um and what i mean by that some things that we could scale out of our daily schedule and and buy back time um and I know this is going to probably come across and everybody in the world is going to tell me I'm the worst agent in the world. But I actually, because of COVID, the title company that we use, um, they started Zooming us in because we couldn't come in. Well, I've kept that practice. So because it saves me easily three hours a day if I have a closing, driving to the closing, sitting in the hour long closing, driving back from the closing, it takes up so much of my day. So one of the things that I've started doing in my practice is zooming into the closing. I'm there. I can, I can answer any questions. And more importantly, I'm actually sitting at my desk with your file. So if there really is any questions, I can answer them versus being like, well, let me call my assistant, get her to pull your file, da, 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 you know. So there's little practices that we've brought into our everyday life through the COVID era. Um, just by learning, you know, either we couldn't do them at that time or um, it's just a better way of doing things. So I do feel like COVID gave us all a chance to reset a little bit and reset some of the things that we've done because we've always done it, but we don't know why we do it. Um, so that was one of the things that our team has picked up um, and saves us lots of time. So um, we're happy about, you know, having those things. Um, I'll say COVID, we've grown substantially over um, the time of COVID. And I think a lot of that is because our area, you were on one side of the fence. You were very fear-based or not afraid at all. Like there was no in the middle. Um, and there were also leaders and companies that were extremely fear-based that shut the doors and nobody could do business. And so 
while I know a lot of parts of the country also were that way too, but there were a lot of parts of Virginia that worked. And so when you have other real estate agents, for lack of better words, eating your lunch because you're not allowed to go out and do business, but they are, um, that really set off a lot of people into coming and looking at different avenues because they couldn't do business. They, their leader wouldn't let them in the office. So we did grow, we did grow um, a good amount. Um, we actually got an office over COVID. We were the crazy people that were like, yeah, let's try it. Um, and, and that worked for a little bit. Um, we now are in our permanent office, which is much greater. But, um, you know, I think COVID was an opportunity. Um, also, I don't, I don't think it was all negative. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of we 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 were the lucky ones that had a great year that year. Um, grew some different um, habits and practices because of it, um, and we're just going to take it for what it is. Yeah, um, you know, real estate is just always it's always local, no matter what. Okay, mm -hmm. it only really only matters the town that you're living in or the town that you want to live in, you know, uh, because the next town over could be completely different. Um, and um, I just love that you can do business in any kind of way that you want. But at the end of the day, it's just like life, it's like the stock market. You know, when the stock is down, how are you profiting? How are you still continuing to grow when it's down? How are you continuing to grow when it's up? Um, and it's the same thing with you guys. Like, hey, when this happens, you know, where can we fill in? That's still a need for the world, a need for, for people to be able to continue to do our business. Um, and unfortunately, the people that are not flexible and are not, you know, looking at where the opportunities are given the content, uh, current situation are the ones that are like, you know what, we're just going to fold up. You know? Yeah. So, so before we had the mandate where you were not allowed to be around certain people, like I think it was 200, 250 people outside. This was like earlier part of COVID. I did a client event. And during that season, I, all of my client events were food trucks in my front yard because I couldn't get like gathering space inside. You know, I did an ice cream shake food truck and had the biggest attendance ever. There were 300 people in my front yard. Wow. So, so we took COVID and we would hand deliver pizzas. We would do food trucks. Um, instead of doing Easter like an Easter egg drop where everybody came to us and, and we dropped eggs and everybody did an Easter egg hunt. I egged all of my A clients' front yards. So I hid eggs in their front yard at night and then I put a stake in the yard that said, you've been egged. So like little stuff like that, that actually we may do again this Easter because it was fun and we can do it on our own time. It's cheaper. Um, so there has been good things that came out of that season. Well, there's just so much appreciation. I know for, for my area here, um, uh, specifically my neighborhood where I, where I live in, um, and I've lived here for over 15 years, you know, and okay. I don't know that many neighbors. Everybody seems to keep to themselves, and there's a few people that I kind of see here and there. But then as, as soon as COVID happened, you know, and people were starting to feel like, oh, okay, this is more of a permanent thing we just have to deal with it and make sure everybody is safe and they started coming out um, and there are people working from home and they started walking the parks and they're walking the trails and then I started seeing them because I'm like a lifelong you know hiker and so I'm on the trails all the time and I just never saw anybody yeah but then after after I, I want to say like probably 
uh, late 2020 and like uh, early 2021 started happening. Everybody started coming out of the houses mm-hmm. with their new dog and with their, you know, kids and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. And I got to talk to all of them. And today, um, I know more people in my neighborhood uh, over the last probably year, year and a half than I ever have in the previous 15 years. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, and so I really appreciate, mm-hmm. you know, something like you, like you, what you're saying, like, oh, we're just going to have a high ice cream truck come out. Oh, we're just going to, you know, we can't do, you know, uh, Easter this way. But you know what? I'm going to put out the eggs and then I'll have you guys look and you guys have fun and know that somebody provided something and there's a community here mm-hmm. that's alive and I'm here you know, to, to, to make sure that, you know, life can still go on and we're not just stuck in our house the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So big. And I can't tell you how many of my clients were so appreciative of it. Um, because you know, when they have young kids, that was a big day, like Easter egg hunt, we're going to all go and we're going to have fun and that's going to be a fun day. Well, when they're all shut down, it's like, do you even celebrate at this? Like, what do you do? So it still gave them something fun to look forward to. Um, and quite honestly, it was kind of fun to do. Um, so um, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I can imagine like people waking up in the morning or like, hey, what's the sign here? And like, there's right. eggs there, you know, and the kids were right. Uh-huh. I'm like, go find the eggs. I could just imagine like, I want to just be like a fly on the wall and watch what they're doing. Right. You know? <laughs> right. You're like, oh my gosh, we've been. Yeah, so, so that, that I would say, you know, because um, I'm such a huge relationship and community guy, you know, that. Uh, when I see those type of things, um, uh, it just lights me up, you know, that coming out of COVID, people are more friendly, people want want to know about their neighbors, they want to see how they are. Um, And even, uh, you know, late, you know, last year, when people were starting to get a little cold, a little flu, it's like, hey, you okay? Is it COVID? What do you need? Do you need some help? You know, that kind of thing. So everybody just hyper, you know, sensitive to, to our neighbors, which we should have been you know, for a long time, but we just got kind of gotten spoiled figure that everybody's fine, but everybody's not fine. I mean, I talked to so many people in the last year, year and a half, uh, their family member passed away or, um, I mean, mm-hmm. just so many stories. I I was working with a client and that uh, they needed to uh, get a hold of the, con- uh, the, con- uh, the, uh, the architect that had originally designed the house that they've worked with for years. And i been calling them and nobody is getting back to me it turned out about a month later uh the architect's son called me back and say hey i finally got your voice message you know looking for my dad and i'm sorry to say that my dad has passed away from covid um, you know things like that and then we, we like i'm sorry i don't have paperwork for you i don't have the diagrams or drawings for you that you needed because all this stuff is in boxes i have no way to figure out how to even get it out and then another architectural company has come in bought all that stuff and I don't know what they're going to do with with all of that you know you can imagine just rolls and rolls of you know designs and stuff like all these people's houses Mm -hmm. and and things like that and so like I never expected that you know at all right Mm -hmm. and so so little things like that have popped up here and there and just knowing like hey this is a real thing people got to be careful it's a it's no joke you know so so really really just uh, do everything and take care of, of people one way or the other so that people can be safe yeah, so our team during COVID, um, one day I was scrolling through Facebook and one of the places or one of the industries that I failed to mention earlier, we are heavy, heavy medical in our area. We have the Eastern Virginia Medical School. Um, we've got CHKD. I mean, we have a ton of medical. And so I'm scrolling through Facebook and 
I see like all of my friends that are in the medical industry just really having some really hard time. I mean, it was mentally, physically, you name it. And so I put on Facebook on a whim. I just said, hey, I want to adopt a nurse. And I want to I want to share gifts with this nurse and encouraging words. I just want to make sure that nurse knows that a stranger is rooting for them. And so I put it out there, totally forgot my cousin's a nurse in this area. So I felt like such a jerk for writing it. But um, so one of my past clients, she she calls me. She's like, hey, I saw your post. I'm like, oh, cool. Thanks. And she's like, um, I have a friend who works at CHKD. Can I connect the two of you? I was like, yeah, sure. So I'm thinking this lady is a nurse. Well, she is the head of the residency at CHKD. And she said, hey, I saw your post as well. Ashley, her name was Ashley. Ashley sent it to me. And I wanted to see if you could take on 300 people, 300 residents and nurses and stuff. And before my brain could think about it, my mouth said yes. So I was like, yeah, sure, we'll do 300. Absolutely. And I like hung up the phone and I was thinking, okay, how are we going to do 300? We'll figure it out. It's not, it's not who, it's when, right? We're going to get it. We're going to get it. So I made a Facebook post, a page, and I called it Adopt a Hospital Hero. And at the end of it, we had gotten about $10,000 in donations. We had like 400 people giving gifts and dropping by stuff. And then weekly, we were taking some sort of basket to their lobby to where they like hung out and just kind of relaxed, which didn't happen in COVID. Um, and we were theming it. So our first box was a bunch of bananas because they weren't having a chance to eat. So they were getting cramps. They, they were really just working the whole time and on their feet. So we had a grocery store donate bananas and we wrote funny faces on the bananas and we put a big sign over it that said, this shift is bananas, kind of playing off of that song. Um, so we did fun stuff like that and all yellow, bright, cheery stuff. You know, one day we did like an American basket where we did Cracker Jacks and Slim Jims and, you know, RC Cola and just fun stuff for them to look forward to. And that was really fun. We were actually in the paper and on the news for that. Um, but it was a great time and it was, I mean, they appreciated it. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, we all just, uh, we're just only one idea, you know, away from like this whole community being together and, um, that we can contribute to people like that because, you know, think about it. They're, they're overworked. They're, um, putting their lives at risk. Um, mm -hmm. they're afraid what might happen next. And then they're seeing other people you know, getting sick, like, I can't even imagine how people can, you know, can go through all that. And for somebody like you to just have an idea, like, well, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to put up a post and then let's see, you know, if anybody needs help. If it's one person, great, you know, we're able to just love on them and all that stuff. But it turned out like, you know, 300 people. And then you had uh, said, hey, this, we got this idea. These people need help. And then the community all come together once they can see that, hey, we want to contribute too. So that's that's an amazing story. So thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Um, so uh, I want to be respectful of your time, uh, but uh, I also want to give you a little time to kind of talk about what you're working on, you know, right now with, you know, your 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 team and all that kind of stuff. What's happening? 
Yeah, so we are steady growing. Um, we just got a team manager who is amazing. And so she is really knocking it out of the park, getting everybody organized, onboarding agents. So we're super excited about that. Um, I have a few speaking engagements this year, so that's also very exciting. I love to speak. Um, and then I also coach agents on the side as well. So um, lots of really fun stuff happening. We're doing a huge women's event at the end of the month for International Women's Day. We have the head anchor to our news channel coming to speak and talk about life balance, um, if that exists. We're not sure if that exists. That's still like a myth to me. Um, but yeah, so we just have a lot of really cool stuff. Um, we just booked our venue for our big conference that we do every year called No Agent Left Behind. Um, we're doing a 90s theme because I feel like the market's going back to when you had to write note cards and you had to really do back in the 90s when you worked. Um, so everybody's going to dress up like 90 realtors, 1990s realtors with the big shoulder pads and the big tight belt. So it'll be fun. So we're super excited about all the cool stuff that's happening and I'm ready to take 2023 on. Well, my, my mom was a... 80s realtor and a 90s realtor so uh, I can't even remember what that what that looked like but uh, same thing like you you know I grew up with my mom being in real estate but uh, the difference is that I wasn't so excited about all the paperwork <laughs> I was just a I was just a boy that uh, you know I loved his you know bike and because it gave me freedom to go anywhere I wanted to go visit friends even if I had to ride two hours to go see my friends I'd do it you know, yeah. and so uh, we were just very wrapped up in that uh, growing up and basically your the age that your your son's in, you know, around 15, I was just thinking to myself, like, what a what a great age to be, you know, because everything is just so amazing all the time. Uh, Ashley, you are amazing. I, I love um, the things that you're doing and just the outreach uh, in whatever direction that you decide to do. Take it on with, uh, you know, with all of your. Uh, enthusiasm and um, the the mission to just help others. Um, and per, as per tradition, we always ask our guests to share the quote that they uh, that inspired them, that they live by um, with the world. And so, uh, Ashley, take it away with your quote. Okay, so just a little preface on this. This is in both my house and my office. Um, and if I knew I had to read it in front of everybody, I would have picked a shorter quote. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this, this is actually my favorite quote of all times. And it's by Steve Jobs. It says, here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. But the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as crazy ones, been called that a few times, we see the genius because the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Um, I love it. It is one of my favorite quotes as well, uh, but we don't, we, we don't hear that enough. And I think it was also part of a, a commercial that they had for Apple, which I just, we just can't, you know, never get tired of watching it. Um, but, uh, I, I think that you are one of those people, you know, that just wants to, you know, stand out for no other reasons to be able to help people. And um, I was just thinking a couple of days ago, even, um, 
not was not thinking about you at the time, but uh, what would happen? Uh, first of all, because I am right now knee deep in all of the AI technology that's happening and how it's going to you know change every single industry, and more importantly, uh, how it's going to change um, our industry here in, in real estate. And so I'm super passionate about it because I I, I want to kind of help people along this path because really everything is going to get changed upside down again and mm-hmm. and see uh, be able to help agents is, is one of my passions but can you imagine if Steve Jobs didn't exist and we didn't have the iPhone how different mm-hmm. the world would be today you know oh. and well you, you know what's funny i actually have in our day when my grandparents were buying their house it was all note cards like little like um index cards almost and they would have them in binders i have the index card from my grandparents house when they bought it and all, and it's hanging in my home office and oftentimes i sit back and i'm like lord if i had to go into an office go through a binder drive to the house to see what was inside only to be totally disappointed because it had gnarly carpet and needed updates like i could not imagine you are so onto something for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm excited to kind of share with people how that's going to change the real estate world so that we can kind of get, get ahead of it. Uh, coming into real estate from the tech world, I was realizing like, what do you mean? I mean, when I came in, there was still some people, very few, some people still doing faxes and stuff. And, right. Um, but, then, but then I'm looking at kind of like, well, how do you actually go through the process of buying and selling a home and all that stuff? And it turns out everybody was just, you know, putting their own little thing together. Well, we do this and we do that. And some of it, some people write it down. Some people don't write it down. They just teach it by rote, right? And um, mm-hmm. I'm like, gosh, you guys are still like probably like 10, 15 years behind as far as what everybody else is doing in tech. Now, granted, mm-hmm. tech is always on the forefront, but there's so many things that, uh, you know, that could impact how we do business in real estate. And so... Is, I'm taking it as a challenge that right now, as AI is literally growing up in front of our eyes. Last yeah. week, there was four or five announcements that's happening, you know, in the AI world that just completely just leaps and bounds, you know, above what we already know. And so just educating people about that is uh, super exciting. And so, uh, but, but like you said, you know, with the quote, uh, if somebody didn't have that idea and didn't want to put it out there. I mean, who knows what kind of yeah. research and development they did to launch the iPhone in the beginning. We were all thinking like, oh, it's a phone with the screen. Like that means like I can call people, you know, on the go. But we didn't think about all this other stuff. Like who who would have thought you could go up to a cash register and you can pay with your phone? It's your wallet, right? It's your internet. It's your uh texting and you're seeing what's happening with everybody else on social media like right palm of your hand you can play games you can like like it's almost like everything that you would do you would you use your phone for in one way or another and so nobody thought that i know i didn't i was like oh great i can listen to my music on this device <laughs> and then right. i can call my mom <laughs> right <laughs> goody that's great like yeah you know we we'll just go on with our lives not knowing all of these other things that somebody thought of that we could we could use the phone for. So he, so he obviously thought that hey, this is more revolutionary than we could ever imagine. I think the same way with our new technology now. 
Well, please keep me on your mailing list because I love hearing all the new things that you're learning. And I always learn so much from you um, when you talk about AI and stuff. We are light years over here in Virginia. We're light years behind you guys. So um, we may still have those one or two faxers in our market. So <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, those are those are uh, novelties that we, we love. Like, oh, my God, that's amazing you're still doing that. <laughs> Yeah. I had an agent the other day tell me it's too cold outside. I don't have internet. I was like, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we can only imagine here, like if somebody said that, like what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, yeah. um, I'm, I'm going to put all of your speaking engagement and all that kind of stuff, you know, in the notes, in the comments for people who are watching here, uh, to be able to, uh, see you either live or online interview of any kind and i'll get all of your uh, stuff in there so that people can get a hold of you and um other than that um is it what's the best way for people to reach out to you if they're watching yeah so my email ashley at cell s-e-l-l 757.com or you can always call my phone 757-761-0043 perfect thank you so much all right. Uh, we'll look forward to, uh, you know, seeing how you take on the world from here on forward. Thank you for being here and uh, we will talk to you soon again.